It's tight end day here at Washington Commanders Training Camp. That and more on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in, Commanders fans, to this Thursday episode of the Locked On Commanders podcast, your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen or view of the day every day. And don't forget that you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. If you're on YouTube with me, do me a favor, please click like on this video. It will help other Commanders fans like yourself find today's episode and find the show. And of course, if you want to continue today's conversation with me, you can do so by texting me directly at joinsubtext.com slash commanders. And I'm your host, David Harrison, credential member of the media, Washington Commanders beat reporter for commandercountry.com, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation here with you every Monday through Friday, basically every practice day here with the Washington Commanders during training camp, especially. And as always, I want to thank you for your continued support for the show, especially the everydayers coming through on a consistent basis, like all of you do. On today's episode of Locked On Commanders, we're going to hear from three of your Washington Commanders tight ends. We'll discuss today's practice tempo and what it means. And then we'll also discuss the potential name change news that's kind of sweeping through the fan base currently. But we're going to start off today's episode with our first look at tight ends this training camp session. And of course, we touched on the tight ends. We've, we've mentioned their names, Logan Thomas here and there, Cole Turner, John Bates, all the Curtis Hodges, all those guys. But Omega Supreme on YouTube. I want, I want to give a special thanks to Omega Supreme on YouTube pointed out. I did my second look at the secondary yesterday, and Omega Supreme came through and commented, nobody's talking tight ends. And it made me realize, I don't think we've done a deep dive on tight ends. Of course, I do a lot of episodes, so if I'm wrong, uh, that's so be it. But I want to go ahead and dive deeper into the tight end position, be, position because it certainly is important and a group of guys that certainly need to be talked about. So for me, the reason that the tight ends maybe and, you know, I can't speak for every media member out there, but what I would say is that the reason the tight end group maybe not getting as much burn or as much press uh, as some of the other position groups are is because there's really not that big of a mystery surrounding the tight ends, right? And, and there's not a whole lot of question marks about what's going to happen with the tight end room. Ultimately, the, the decision that has to be made by the Washington Commanders coming up here at the end of training camp is, are we going to keep three tight ends or are we going to keep four tight ends? So, if the Washington Commanders keep three tight ends, then Logan Thomas is going to be your number one guy. And then John Bates and Cole Turner are going to be your two and three. If they keep four, then you add Curtis Hodges to the active roster and you've got four tight ends. So they're not going to keep five. You're not only going to keep two. So really the big question there is three or four tight ends. And I suppose we could get into, and we have discussed a little bit, some competition between John Bates and Cole Turner as far as who tight end number two is really going to be. What I will tell you is that through almost the end of two weeks, of training camp practice here. Neither John Bates or Cole Turner has really done enough to say, boom, I have to be on the field more than this other guy. Now, that's not to say that they've done poorly. They've done well, uh, just like every other position group has. They've done some good things in blocking. They've done some good things in the receiving group. And you can certainly see that Eric Bieni has a plan for how has a plan for how he's going to use his tight ends in a multitude of ways. You're, you're going to see them in line and in the dirt, helping out blocking. You're going to see them come out of there, go into routes, maybe do some delay stuff. But you're also going to see him split out. You're going to see him do some screens. You're going to see him do some tunnel screens coming back in towards the formation. You're also going to see shuffle, shuttle passes, shuffle passes. Uh, everybody calls them something different. We saw that yesterday uh, a little bit. And I know that a lot of fans were talking about that on social media 
uh, as well. That's a very popular play that the Kansas City Chiefs run where you bring a tight end, kind of like a pulling guard or a pulling tackle, and they get a shuffle pass from the quarterback and hopefully find a lane and score a touchdown. Twice on Wednesday, we saw the offense score with that kind of a play and watched them, got to watch them install that. But you're also going to see some other trickery going on. And, and you look, we know the Kansas City Chiefs offense is known for some of its creativity. We're certainly seeing shades of that creativity here at Washington Commanders training camp, and that is involving uh, the tight end. Something that we saw, so really, again, so like the biggest question is, are you keeping three? Are you keeping four? Cole Turner, John Bates, who's number two? Really, it's going to depend on the formation. It's going to depend on health, obviously, stamina. Like if Cole Turner just ran five routes, you might see John Bates go in there. Uh, and that's a part of a big thing we're seeing at practice is all of these guys are rotating through all of these positions. You don't have, you know, John Bates is only uh, in line with his hand in there. You don't have Cole Turner only doing split end uh, type stuff. They're all doing all of it uh, together as a group. So that's something that I think is important to talk about. But again, you've got three top tight ends. All three of those guys are going to be used in a multitude of ways. Whether they're one, two, three on the depth chart really is kind of just trivial, except for, you know, Logan Thomas is the starting guy. He's going to be the guy that's out there uh, the most. Curtis Hodges has done some really nice things as well in the passing game. He's shown some improvement uh, as a blocker as well. So, again, if there's four of those guys, which you can certainly see, and I got evidence that we might potentially see the Washington Commanders keep four tight ends moving past training camp on Thursday when the team was doing an install for a very specific tight end friendly play, which was. A lot of tight end screen type stuff, a lot of backfield work for the tight ends, but also a tight end pass. And of course, Logan Thomas was a tight end that made that pass. Now, I'm not going to lie, standing there on the on the sideline with some other media members, we're kind of discussing, we're like, you know what, we're not going to give that away. A lot of times we see things at practice, and we're like, we're not going to give that away. We don't want to give a competitive edge to a lot of other people. But tight end passes are not new. Tight end passes are not something that the Washington Commanders uh, are inventing here in Ashburn, Virginia, as we go through training camp. Also, uh, there were fans behind us, and I looked through on Twitter, and there were plenty of tweets. And in fact, there were some videos of Logan Thomas getting the ball uh, and passing it to quarterback Sam Howell. So I'm not the first. I'm not by far the first person uh, to go ahead and talk about this publicly. So we will talk about that. So that is something that we saw installed again on Thursday. But the rest of these tight ends moving through some of these drills, some of these positions. And the thing that stood out to me is that all four tight ends are getting in there with Sam Howell and the first team offense while they're doing these installs, even Curtis Hodges. And that's something that's not with every other position group, right? So you're not seeing, uh, you're not seeing, you know, uh, uh, Mitchell Tinsley by, by, for example, a depth chart uh, receiver who's expected to maybe be a practice squad type of guy. You're not seeing him in there with Sam Howell in the first team offense doing installs. You're only seeing players that I would call players that we kind of expect to make the initial active roster for the Washington Commander. So that includes tight end Curtis Hodges because he's out there. Uh, as well, filling some of these roles. So take that for a grain of salt. It's second week, all that stuff. But to me, that's a little bit of a sign that this team does play on taking four tight ends in, and Curtis Hodges is going to be that fourth. And maybe it's just, if we do take four, obviously Curtis is going to be one of them, so let's give him those reps. It's only one depth tight end. Logan Thomas doesn't need all the reps. He's he's pretty good at this thing. Um, so maybe that's all that it is, too. So again, big grain of salt, but to me, it stands out uh, in a way of well, what might lead to how many tight ends uh, this roster is going to carry into the regular season and later on we're going to hear from tight ends logan thomas john bates and cole turner so make sure you stay through to the end of the episode so you can catch those interviews i was able to talk to them as we stepped off the practice field behind me uh, again on thursday howl watch is going to be a little bit slower today i'll explain why and we'll discuss a petition that's making its way around the commanders fan base that's coming up next on today's episode of locked on commanders part of the locked on podcast network your team 
every day. And we're going to have that conversation. Thanks to our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you need to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Finding the right people for your industry can be easy, but finding the right person for the task you need done, that can be a little bit harder. That's where LinkedIn Jobs comes in. Add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile. Spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks again for making Locked On Commanders your first listen or view of the day every day. And every day is I greatly appreciate you coming through here consistently after these training camp practices. There is storm clouds. There are storm clouds rolling in here to Ashburn, Virginia. I'm trying to get this thing done before I get soaked. So, uh, Howell Watch. Uh, of course, I want to chart Sam Howell's passes, especially in 11 on 11. I want to tell you how he's doing. Uh, and by my count, on day eight of training camp, Sam Howell was about 20 for 20 for about 500 yards, and I think he had about 18 touchdowns. Now, if that sounds weird, that's because it is weird. So we got started with practice, and uh, uh, they went immediately into 11s. And the first thing that popped out is I said, hey, Nick Whiteside, cornerback, Nick Whiteside is covering Terry McLaurin. This is weird. Basically, your third-team defense was on the field to start off against your first-team offense. Now, they shot the ball. Sam Howell dropped back. Play action. It was a play-action pass. Dropped back. Uh, threw the ball down the field to Terry McLaurin. I said, oh, man, Terry's wide open. And I look, and I see Nick Whiteside essentially jogging. So wait a second. That's weird. The fans erupted. Everybody loved it. Second pass. Yeah, we're catching on. Basically, what the Washington Commanders did on Thursday is had a jog-through. It's not a walk-through. But I'm going to go ahead and call it a jog through. I don't know if you ever heard of that before. I don't know if I just made that up. Maybe I heard it somewhere and I just don't remember. To me, I made it up. Maybe I'm stealing it from someone. But basically, I'm going to call it a jog through. So what that means is that basically Sam Howell completed all of his passes. But I think the important thing here is why the jog through happened, right? It's not so much about charting the passes and all that stuff because there's just not a whole lot of competitive defense out there and all those things. Uh, don't be wrong. Every team got on the field. Every player got some reps and, and all those things. And it's definitely good work. But Talking to head coach Ron Rivera after practice, he said, quote, we had a really good week last week and then coming into this week, had three hard days in a row and we thought we'd back it off a little bit today. We'll have the pads back on tomorrow, Friday, and we expect them to come back with a little bit more energy and a high, higher tempo practice for sure, end quote. So this kind of correlates back to the conversation we had yesterday, right? We talked about Sam Howell and we talked about Ron Rivera's comments before practice on Wednesday. Now he kind of mentioned that as we got deeper into practice, quarterbacks coach Tavita Pritchard was noticing that some of Sam Howell's footwork was getting a little bit sloppier, a little bit lazier, is how Ron Rivera put it, and that was leading to some incompletions and some inaccurate throws and all those things. And we were saying on the sidelines, I said, look, honestly, it sounds like these guys need a little bit of a break. It's hot out here. The pads are coming on for the first time. We talked to Cody Barton. He said, the last time you put on the pads is the last game you played last season. So for Washington, it's been since January. But they've come out here and done intense football exercises and activities with pads on. So coming in this week, that's the first time you're doing it. Again, it's hot as, as all get out out here. So it's like when you pick up a new workout routine. You don't want to just go six, seven, ten days, you know, full full force and full speed and all this stuff. You're going to hurt something. You're going to tear something. 
Unfortunately, we did have an injury that happened on Wednesday. We found out on Thursday that David Bada tore a tricep muscle. Uh, further evaluations have to be done with that. If it's a partial tear, that's going to be much more, uh, much, much a better, a much better recovery process for David than if it's a full tear. So fingers crossed that it's a partial tear for David Bada. But that's the kind of stuff that you're trying to avoid. And that's not saying that, you know, David Bada's injury was caused because of padded practices for three days in a row. Those things do tend to happen in training camp, unfortunately. But that's kind of the method behind it, right? Is give these guys a little bit of time to rest their bodies. Now, just because their bodies are resting does not mean their mind is resting. And this is something I asked Logan Thomas about. So you'll hear his take on it as an NFL player, as an NFL veteran here in just a little bit. But essentially, they're going through some installations. We just talked about the tight end pass installation. We just talked about some of these screen passes, some of the play action stuff. They did a lot of play action work on Thursday in this jog through. So they're going through installations. And what Logan is going to tell us, what you're going to hear from him, is that they essentially started going through some game preparation. Now, the first game week starts on Sunday. We're going to be off here Saturday, but we're going to be back out of Ashburn Sunday. They've got a preseason game on Friday against Cleveland Browns. Next Friday against Cleveland Browns. So they're essentially going to start their first game week. But what they've been able to do today is start a little bit of game preparation, game installment. That actually means, in a sense, your commanders are a little bit ahead of schedule, which affords you the opportunity to kind of ramp it back a little bit, back it off, as Coach Rivera said, uh, for a day. Give their bodies a little bit of a rest while you give their minds a, still a full schedule of work, did a full practice, uh, even though the pads weren't on, even though the uh, the action wasn't necessarily live. So just because you hear jog through, lower tempo, slower tempo, don't worry. It was still a very uh, active practice, still a very fruitful practice, uh, according to all involved. And of course, we'll come back tomorrow. We hope to see even more from Sam Howell. And again, going back to our conversation on Wednesday, when you hear Ron Rivera talk about the footwork getting a little bit lazier, a little bit sloppier, then we go to practice Wednesday after we talk to coach and Sam Howell started a little sluggish. He started a little bit off. There were some overthrows. There were some uncharacteristic, inaccurate throws. So they took, let's say they took a break. I think it was scheduled in there, right? But a portion of, this, of the, the practice, uh, quarterback coach Tavita Pritchard took Sam Howell and the other quarterbacks over to the side field. You can see them doing some footwork drills. When they were done with that, they came back. They did two more sets of 11 on 11s. Sam Howell went five for eight with a touchdown. So obviously that method uh, works for the madness. Hopefully this one will too, and we'll be able to finish the week's practice on Friday, fully padded, fully engaged, fully competitive, and we'll see a sharp Sam Howell because of the rest, because of this uh, opportunity to get the body right. So again, to me, it makes sense uh, as a former leader in, in a production-based uh, business and one that's very physically active. Sometimes you do need to kind of take the gas off just a little bit, let your guys mend up a little bit, and then come back on. So they'll have a really heavy practice Friday. Then they'll have Saturday off, come back Sunday. Probably have a ramp-up period Sunday, Monday into Tuesday, and then Wednesday, and then uh, Thursday. You travel to Cleveland, and football is back, baby. So uh, had some questions also come in about potential team names. So this isn't really about this season, more looking towards the future. But uh, I figure we've got a little bit of time here because of the slower practice. So I'll go ahead and address that in this episode. Uh, before we get to the player interview. So those are coming up here in just a minute. But there's a petition going around to change the name from the Washington Commanders back to the Redskins. And that's been circulating through the fan base. And the last I saw, it was reportedly up over 50,000 signatures slash names. It's it's a digital thing, I think. Uh, you, you just type your name in there. Um, so I was asked by by a subtexter to, to address you know the potential name change. And I think I got asked on YouTube as well. So obviously, you guys want to talk about it a little bit. Um, I totally get why fans want the name back. You know what I mean? And, and owner, new owner Josh Harris comes through. He's talking about restoring the glory and restoring the old ways of winning and all that. So I totally get uh, why some of you want the name back. Um, there's one site that and I don't know how reputable it is, uh, so I'm not going to necessarily quote it, but apparently 
They claim about 90% of Native Americans actually don't like the removal of Native American imagery and names from sports teams. Uh, so they actually support this, at least, you know, and again, numbers can always be skewed. So it's, it's kind of tricky when you're talking about that kind of stuff. I have no idea if that's true or not. But I know that a lot of fans want the name back. And when, when you see all of you coming to training camp, we see a lot of those logos and, and all that. So we see some mixed logos, like old logos with, with new, like old, old logo hats with new logo shirts and, and stuff like that. What I don't see a lot of is Washington football team gear, to be quite honest with you. Um, here's, here's the bottom line on it from where I sit. The name's not coming back, right? That old name is not going to come back, even if Josh Harris wanted it back. It's not as simple as, as much as we would like to think it is. He owns the team. If he wants it, he makes it happen. Boom, it's done. It's not that simple because uh, even if he was willing to do it and, and there would be PR backlash, even if you know that number is true and 90% of Native Americans want it back, there would still be a PR backlash, whether we like it or not. Uh, so there's that he's got to deal with. But even if he was willing to deal with that, I don't see the NFL being willing to deal with that. They've already gone through that and they've already gone away from it. Coming back to it, not only are you going to return all that backlash, but you're just going to return it tenfold because you're going back to it uh, after you went ahead and changed it. And honestly, there's going to be sponsors who don't want to deal with that type of uh, mess. So, you know, when you talk about moving this team forward and upgrades and all these installations and everything, like you need money for those things. That's where sponsors come in. So I don't see that being a course of action uh, that they take. Now, could the name change, right? So there's also been conversation of the name just changing in general. And that might be what the takeaway is from this petition is not so much changing back to the old name or either old name, but more so just that the fans don't like the current name. Could that happen? It certainly could. You know what I mean? We've had that conversation uh, a little bit here on the program in, in recent episodes. It could certainly change. I don't personally think it will. You know what I mean? It's just a gut feeling. Yeah, I don't have any facts for that. I don't have you know, an interview with Magic Johnson or anything saying that I know that Magic said, you know, everything's on the table after the season. And, and Josh said, you know, that's everything's under consideration, all that stuff. But I don't think the name will eventually uh, change necessarily. I think that the ownership group, the coaches, everybody's focused on trying to make the commanders a winner. And if the commanders become a winner, then they're going to keep the name because that's a winning name. You know, if you become a winner, it's obviously a winning name now. So bottom line is if the name changes, which I think there's, that's possible, but not necessarily likely, uh, it's not going to go back to either of the old team names. If it, if it changes again, it'll be another new name. Uh, maybe Red Wolves. I know that was one of the more popular ones. I think Renegades was one. Uh, as well. So could it change? Yes. Is it going to change back to the old name? No. Unfortunately, for, for those of you who want it, I just don't see that happening. Now, again, I don't control this. I'm not Josh Harris. I'm not in his brain. I'm not Roger Goodell. So if I'm wrong, then uh, look, you guys will have a parade and, and celebrate and I'll be happy for you, uh, to be quite honest with you. But that's just the way that I see it right now. So I was asked to have the discussion. That's the discussion. Back to the commanders today, though. Three of your tight ends are coming through right now for a conversation that's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. And today's episode of Locked On Commanders is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog is the easiest place to play fantasy football and the best place for best ball. Best Ball Mania 4 is the largest fantasy football tournament ever. August is here, and you know what that means. The official start of fantasy football drafting month. Get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball on Underdog Fantasy. All you have to do is one live snake draft. No waivers, no trades. Underdog sets your best lineup every week. Try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament. The largest fantasy football contest of all time is back and even bigger with $15 million of total prizes up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million going to the winner. Last year, the winner drafted their team in July. So don't wait around. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with promo code LOCKEDON to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code locked on. 
right, guys, we're going to wrap up today's episode of Locked On Commanders with interviews with tight ends Logan Thomas, John Bates, and Cole Turner. Let's go. All right, Logan, a little bit of a lighter day in practice today. Can you, can you talk about kind of the importance of, of these types of practices and, and for the fans who are maybe wanting to see a little bit more activity? Obviously, there's still important work happening. Can you try and talk about that to educate yeah, people? Definitely. It's a little bit more of a get-back day, kind of get our legs back underneath us for another big day tomorrow. Um, but the importance was we got to go against – you know, games in the future. So we started doing a little game plan stuff for a couple teams and uh, just getting ready for that type of stuff. And so spinning on our plate early, thinking about it early. So when the time comes, the week one that, or whatever week we play the, the next two teams, that, you know, we're, we're, we're thinking about it. Early. Absolutely. Now there's a lot of talk, obviously, about versatility within any NFL roster, but especially this one. Obviously, you have your quarterback background. Have, have you always kind of gotten excited at the potential and possibility of using your arm in an NFL game? Uh, yeah, I think it always because, you know, it's kind of a surprise when it happens. Like, nobody really ever expects it. Uh, so if you have that ability and you can surprise somebody, you have a tendency to be able to get a big play. All right, a lot of questions about the offensive line. A lot of new guys trying to blend together into a unit. Obviously, you guys help uh, with the offensive line from time to time. How do you feel the unit is, is starting We're to gel? We're doing a good job. We're doing a really good job. We're starting to learn each other. We're starting to get comfortable. Uh, you know, with those guys, it's all about being on the same page. And the more you do it, the better you get, and they're getting better as game goes on. And you talked earlier during OTAs about uh, EB scheme being real tight end friendly. Do you do you still feel that way? And how how do you how are you guys as a group kind of getting in sync with EB? Definitely, definitely still think it's uh, tight end friendly. Uh, it's starting to get better and better. Like I said, I mean, anytime you put this much work into it, this much effort into it, you have no choice but to be better. Uh, so I'm excited to see where it takes us. Uh, throughout the season, but right now I'm, just, I'm very happy with the progression my tight ends have made, not only myself, but all the other guys. And, uh, you know, the deeper room you have, it's more of a correlation to who we are, who our coach is, and what the team is. And with a young quarterback like Sam Howell, what is the most important thing you're looking for to see out of him during these early parts of training camp? Just be confident, throw the ball with conviction, be comfortable, and get it done. Because um, he's got all the talent in the world. I want him to have the confidence in himself to do so, and when the time comes, go make those plays. The uh, fans are back. Are, uh, how are you? How excited are you to see these fans hyped up again? Very much so. It's been a long time to see this much so excitement surrounding this team, and um, I'm excited to see it just stretch on throughout the year, and uh, you know, put a good brand of football out there and keep them coming back. All right, John. Let's start with the uh, the softball question. How's training camp going so far? It's been good so far. Um, Learn a lot, getting a lot better day by day. Um, this offense has been really fun so far, very explosive and very nice dynamic and being able to do a lot of things. And so it's, it's been a great start. Absolutely. Logan has talked about a couple times that this is kind of the perfect scheme, EB scheme for tight ends. Uh, do, you, do you feel that way? Do you feel comfortable within what Eric is asking of you guys? Yeah, definitely. It's a very, you know, tight end friendly offense. You know, we're asked to do a lot of things and we understand that as tight ends, we got to be able to do it all. And so, um, you know, that's one thing that we've, we've, we've really enjoyed so far is taking on that new challenge and being able to really do it all. And then uh, sometimes, you know, a lot of people on the outside have questions about the offensive line. Obviously, as tight ends, you're asked to help out there from yeah. time to time. How do you feel that group is is kind of getting set with each other? Yeah, I think those guys have definitely developed a lot. Uh, new coaches, or not really new coaches in there, but, um, you know, those guys are really getting comfortable with each other, really understanding what this offense is is asking them to do. And so I'm um, really excited for that group. And how do you feel about the tight end room right now? Yeah, I feel really good. I think we got a lot of really unique guys that can do a lot of really good things on the field and so I can't wait to see what we do. So your first year obviously the fan presence a little bit less than it is this year how excited are you about to, uh, the fans being back? Oh my gosh it makes night and day difference I mean you don't really realize it your first couple of years but then when you get the fans out here and they're they're chanting and they're you know, <laughs> yelling for you and it's just the whole place is packed I mean 
it does make a big difference and it's something that I know us players really do appreciate a lot is having that fan base and that support here for us. So Absolutely. we really appreciate it. So something I didn't ask the other guys, but when I asked you, so Eric Bienemy drawing a lot of tweets and a lot of fan attention for his for his attitude, or not say attitude, but his, his boisterousness, his, his get set. Get set it might be the, the most popular thing. For me, I told my wife, I'm probably gonna start yelling that in my sleep, but some people think it's negative. Some people think it's, you know, embarrassing you guys. Can you talk to him as a player, uh, kind of what that kind of coaching style does for you? I think EB, he, he cares so much about his players and knows, I mean, the guys won two or three Super Bowls. Like the dude knows exactly what it takes to get to that point. And so I think he, him knowing what it takes, he holds us to that standard because he's seen what it takes to get to that point. And so it's not negative in whatsoever way, shape or form. I mean, the guy wants the best for us. He wants us to be the best that we can be every single day. And we, we as players, I think, appreciate that because he does hold us to that high standard. And he does push us beyond where we think we can go. And then your young quarterback, Sam Howell, how do you feel like he's coming along so far? Sam's been doing great. He's been doing a great job of taking control of the offense and operating. Um, knowing where to go with the ball and so really excited for him this year too. Awesome brother. Cole, appreciate you spending some time with me today. Uh, first thing I want to talk to you about, obviously last year there was a lot of excitement. You were making some really good plays. Went all the way back to rookie camp. You were kind of a star of that rookie camp. Then unfortunately injuries kind of hampered your first year development. How are you feeling health-wise in your second year and, and how confident are you uh, in your development? I feel I feel super healthy right now. You know, I love being on this team. I, I love playing with these guys every single day. Um, just trying to grow and become a better player every day. And like you said, stay healthy and just come out here ready to practice every day. And what's the relationship within the tight end room? I know you got some young guys like you and John and Curtis but also yeah. the veteran in Logan. How, how helpful has he been in the NFL? Um, you know, Logan is literally the dream that you could ask for. You know, he, he looks after every single one of us, you know, and to me, we, well, we have especially a close relationship. We spend a lot of time together off the field. And I really feel like that with all the group. Like, we, it's pretty rare that you have your whole position group back from the year before. So, yeah. you know, we're lucky and, you know, we all get along great. Uh, no, I don't think I've, any of us have ever argued or gotten into it with each other so you know we have an amazing group and it. we're a lot of unselfish guys and i'm lucky to play with those guys every day. absolutely does logan ever uh, take you guys out and teach any of his quarterback skills <laughs> you know every once in a while he'll tease us about it but you know i just i like to bring up to him about how his first his first game that he started and his first touchdown pass was overshadowed by Peyton Manning's 500 so. <laughs> that's that's yeah. fair yeah. absolutely fair uh we know the fans here I mean, this is your second year obviously a, a much different environment from last year to this one how do you think about their presence it's been amazing, you know, they, they've come out every single day that it's been open. I think the stands have been full, pretty full. So, you know, it's, it's amazing. And I'm, I'm hopeful that everyone can come to the first game and the preseason games because we can definitely see the change. And, you know, I appreciate that them giving us a fresh start and giving us another opportunity. So, you know, we're thankful. All right, guys, special thanks to Logan Thomas, John Bates, Cole Turner for joining me here on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Coming up tomorrow, training camp day nine. The pads are back on. More tempo, more energy expected. I'll be back here. Friday afternoon to tell you all about it. In the meantime, if you got questions or comments, just throw them in the YouTube comments, hit me on Twitter, or email me at lockedoncommanders at gmail.com, or simply text me from your phone by going to joinsubtext.com slash lockedoncommanders. As always, thank you for making Locked On Commanders your first listen or view of the day every day. And every dares, I appreciate you coming through on a consistent basis like you do. Appreciate meeting even more Locked On Commanders listeners, Commanders fans out here saying hi. Make sure if you're out here in Ashburn, no fans tomorrow, but next week if you're out here, in Ashburn, make sure you stop me and say hello. Today, I was I was actually subtexting. I was in the middle of texting my subtexters, and I heard uh, someone over my ear say my name, and it took me like a good five seconds to realize, like, wait, that person just said my name. So I turned around and was able to shake his hand. So I appreciate you guys for saying hi while you're out here. Hopefully, you're enjoying the day. Hopefully, you're enjoying seeing your team in action. For In, in, in a little bit, it will be 
full-on action and for real. Thank you so much for making me part of your day, part of your football routine. If you've got anything else commanders-related you want to discuss, again, join subtext.com slash commanders. Text me directly to your phone, and I will text you back as soon as I can. Until we speak again, please be safe, be kind, and I'll see you next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 